Y'all, I gave up on work-life balance a long time ago. Let's talk about why. Welcome to the Graceful Hustle Podcast, where people of faith learn how to amplify their professional impact. I'm your host, Monique Carkham Edwards, a New Orleans girl who loves seafood, a wannabe fashion stylist, wife, and mother. I'm also an executive strategist, attorney, and pastor, and I'm here to help you get to the C-suite with your soul right. I don't know if y'all remember Bigfoot. But when I was a kid, there were all these documentaries and investigative news type stories about a giant, hairy, ape-like creature that walked upright on two legs. He was living out in the woods somewhere, maybe in the Pacific Northwest. And American folklore said that this creature left behind these huge footprints in the snow or in the dirt. And this creature was called Bigfoot. And no one was ever able to get a real photograph or video footage of Bigfoot. On these documentaries, they'd show these shaded, fuzzy pictures of some figure that was obscured by trees or by brush or by snowfall. But you could never get a clear look at him. People have been trying to find Bigfoot since I was a kid. That means that for at least 40 years, maybe longer. And we still can't find him. Why? Because he doesn't exist. Y'all, work-life balance is the new Bigfoot. There are a plethora of books on work-life balance. If you search on Amazon and you put in work-life balance, over 10,000 hits will come up. There are endless articles on the topic. If you Google work-life balance, you will find millions of hits on this. And over the years as a nation, we have tried a host of different approaches to achieve work-life balance, all in search of this thing that we can never seem to achieve. We've tried work from home. We've tried part-time work. We've tried work sharing. We've tried a whole variety of time management and other systems, and we just can't seem to achieve this illusory work-life balance. Why? Because like Bigfoot, it's a myth. It's a lie. Listen, somebody had to say it, and it might as well be me. So how did we all end up believing that work-life balance was a thing that could be achieved in the first place? I don't know the answer to that, but here's what I do know. That work-life balance came into the U.S. business lexicon in, in the late 1980s, or mid-80s, I think. And it was designed to mean that balance was what a person who was working had. And it was balanced between the time spent at work versus the time spent engaged in other non-work related activities. So family, recreation, hobbies, etc. And the term work-life balance came into play at a time when we had more than half of all married women working outside the home. And that number has only grown over the years since the eighties. And so as you can imagine, those women who were working outside the home still carried a significant portion of the load required to run a household. So the challenge became how to achieve work-life balance, how to balance both of those things, work and your life, your home successfully. And 
I never paid a whole lot of attention to the work-life balance discussion until I became a mother for the first time about 15 years ago. This doesn't mean that work-life balance does not matter or isn't important for folks who aren't parents. It does not mean that work-life balance doesn't apply to people who aren't married. Anyone can feel the need for more balance between their work and their non-work lives. It's just that I never paid a whole lot of attention until I became a mother for the first time. Because that was the first time when, in my life, I had another human being so totally dependent on me, and the first time I was involved in something that was so meaningful and so all-consuming. And I was still practicing corporate law at the time. And I was working for a Fortune 100 company at the time. And as a dutiful, professional working mom, I subscribed to all the right magazines. And I read all the articles about time management and part-time work and work share arrangements. And even tried part-time some years later. But I'm sure you've read a lot of these articles, how to better manage your calendar, how to better manage your time. And then we've shifted from time management to energy management. And you've all read about how to shift your work schedule with work from home or part-time or job sharing. So snarky sidebar, I would especially get a kick out of the articles that I would read about these women executives who had these high-powered C-suite careers but still claimed to have dinner with the family every night. Unless she was traveling, which the article conveniently forgot to tell you was three weeks out of the month. <laughs> and, or the articles about the two career families where both the wife and the husband had these professional careers that were so wonderful and engaging. They were both professional beasts, but they still had time to volunteer at the local food bank. They went on a date night regularly once a week, and they still made sure that one of them showed up at the kids' midweek piano recital. And I would read these articles and wonder, like, what's wrong with me? And what's wrong with Lennon? Like, how come we can't get it together like that? And so there was all of this advice on how to find this thing called work-life balance. But despite all this advice, work-life balance still eluded us, and I think it continues to elude the vast majority of us. We can never seem to achieve it. Why? Because it is a lie. It's a myth. Work-life balance is the new Bigfoot. So, Mo, are you saying that we should just give up and we should just acquiesce to the notion that we'll just all work and stress ourselves to death? No, not hardly. But I gave up on work-life balance a while ago, and I adopted something called whole life stewardship. Stewardship. Now, the word stewardship may be unfamiliar to some of you, but for those of us who have grown up in church, we know this one well. The concept of stewardship is simply this, that God has given each of us certain talents as well as certain gifts. And I like to draw a distinction between talents and gifts. I think of talents as a skill or ability. You have to do something extremely well. Maybe you are a sick pianist. You are just amazing on the piano. Or maybe you are brilliant at structuring M&A transactions. That is what I would consider a talent. A gift is something I consider as those things in life that aren't necessarily skill or ability based, but they enrich our lives so much. We've been gifted these things. It doesn't have anything to do with our talent or our ability. Your best friend is a gift. Your health is a gift. Your eyesight is a gift. The chance to appreciate natural beauty, landscapes, flowers, trees, animals, all of that, those are all gifts. 
And so what does a steward do? The word steward simply means manager. And as a steward, it's my job to manage to, a best, to the best of my ability all of the gifts and talents that God has given me. This means that at different times in my life, in different seasons, in different stages, under different circumstances in my life, they may all call for a different level of focus, attention, and effort to the gifts and talents that God has given me. So similar to a farmer, there's a season to plant and there's a a season to harvest. Before planting, there's a season of preparing and tilling the ground and the soil to make it ready to put the seed down into before you can plant. So there are seasons. And my role as a steward of the talents and gifts that God has given me is to discern what's season of life I'm in, which talents I'm being called to use and to what degree and in what way. And then I need to discern which gifts I am supposed to be honoring, which ones I'm supposed to pay the most attention to and invest my time into right now in this season. And I do this so I can be faithful and diligent to the priorities that are most important in my life in that season of my life. That is what I consider to be whole life stewardship. The word work-life balance or the term work-life balance conjures up the idea that all the different aspects of your life are in harmony. They're in sync and everything is getting just the right amount of time in balanced proportion. And y'all, that is so unrealistic and it's also so unhealthy. And so instead of looking at work-life balance as if there is some magic formula where you put in X amount of time at work and then Y amount of time at the gym and Z amount of time at home with the family. Instead of trying to achieve work-life balance through that, I've adopted the approach of being open to giving my time and my attention to what's most important to be stewarded in that season of my life. This means that I have had to learn to be flexible. If any of you know me personally, you know that flexibility was not always a strong suit of mine. I'm very planned. I'm very strategic. I'm very detail oriented. I'm very process oriented. But being flexible in order to give my time and attention to what's most important to be managed or stewarded in a particular season, it doesn't mean that I've thrown my plan out the window. This doesn't mean that I don't have a plan. This means that while I know what I want to accomplish in a particular quarter, so for this quarter I have a plan, and I break that down into plans for what I'm going to accomplish each month, and then every Sunday night I make my plan for the week, and every night before I go to bed I plan how I'm going to spend my next day. Even though I definitely have a plan, even though I do all of this, I've learned that there are no perfect plans and no perfect schedules. So I've had to learn to adjust my disposition to be open to what I need to pay the most attention to in the season that I'm in and in the moment that I'm in. Why? Because there are many seasons in my life where attention to what's most important will require me by definition to be out of balance. I will not be able to check every box before I go to bed at night. And I say adjust my disposition to this because this doesn't come naturally to me at all. My natural tendency is to think I can do this. I got this. I got a plan. I have 
I know how to set goals. I know how to break down goals. I know how to put together strategy. I know how to put together the tactics that support the strategy. I got this. And so for years, I juggled it all. I was working 60, 70 hours a week. I was running a household. I was managing two small kids. I was showing up every Sunday to two or more services to lead ministry in some capacity. It was bananas. So that was my natural disposition. I've had to completely move away from that and adopt a different disposition in order to facilitate whole life stewardship. So what does whole life stewardship look like for me on a daily basis? So I'll give you an example before coronavirus, because we will all go back to a normal or a more normal life than what we had. The kids won't be out of school for forever. They will. They will. They will, in Jesus' name, go back to school eventually. (laughs) But before coronavirus, when my high schooler and my middle schooler would come home from school each day, I had to be open to what that afternoon might need. I would certainly press the gas hard during the day while they were gone. But if they came home and they had a rough day and they needed to unpack some stuff and I didn't have an urgent client call or a board meeting scheduled, then I would sit with them and work through what they needed to work through. If they wanted to talk, but it wasn't an emergency or or wasn't super critical, then I tackled my critical work stuff and I would talk to them at dinner. But whole life stewardship means that some days I don't even see my kids because I'm heads down working on a big deliverable. Now, when I say I don't see them, I mean, I don't spend meaningful time with them each and every day. That means that when I'm heads down trying to make it happen for my business, I will see them in the morning. I'll give them a hug and a kiss. I will pray over them. I'll check in with them quickly when they come home from school. Everything good? Y'all good? You okay? You need me? You don't need me? Okay, bet. You don't need me? I'm going back up to my office. I'll see y'all at dinner. And dinner might be me grabbing dinner and heading up back to my office saying, hey, you guys are still good. All right. You got your homework, checking in, making sure they've done what they needed to do. But I'm not with them like I would normally be with them. I really don't spend meaningful time with them. I check on them essentially to make sure that they are still breathing and I have fulfilled my parental duty. And I let them know that if they really need me, they can come up to the office and interrupt me. But that day when I'm heads down, or those two or three days when I'm heads down, those days aren't balanced. Far from it. In those moments, I'm being faithful to what is most important at that time. And what's most important at that moment is getting this deliverable out the door. So I'm exercising whole life stewardship. Well, Mo, what about those of us with small kids? Listen, when mine were little, I sat them jokers in front of Disney TV while I was working way more than I can to admit. And they have turned out just fine. Why? Because they didn't need me every moment. But by me tending to what was most important back then in that moment, meeting that client commitment, it has now given me the career and the financial flexibility to be able to prioritize my kids now as and when I need to. Everything is not going to be immediately balanced. Listen, whole life stewardship isn't about a slicker, more spiritual way to achieve work-life balance. It's not another gimmick so you can try to do more. Because whole life balance requires that you are going to say no to quite a few things. Things that in the past maybe you've said yes to. Things that were good things. Let me give you an example. After having been heavily involved in ministry for the past 25 years, Lennon and I right now are not serving in ministry. 
Over the years, we've gone from being individual contributors in ministry to establishing and leading ministries within our local church. We were opening up the the church every Friday morning and leading 5 a.m. prayer service. We became deacons. At one point I was teaching a discipleship class. I created the curriculum and I taught every Sunday morning uh, at 9 a.m. for 26 weeks at a time. (laughs) I must have been crazy. And I think at that time we had one child and Brooklyn was a toddler. Crazy. We became ordained as pastors for the first time over 15 years ago. I worked in ministry full time for some years, but we are not now actively involved in local church ministry. Do we still believe in Christ? Yes. Are we still committed to the local church? Yes. Do we still go to church? Yes. Do we still tithe? Absolutely. Do we still share the gospel with people? Yes. But are we actively and regularly serving in a structured formal ministry right now? Heck no. Why? Because we are clear that in this season, we have five priorities. Our spiritual health, our marriage, being present more for our 15 and 11 year olds, taking care of our physical health and making our businesses successful. Those are our top five priorities in this season. Serving in ministry in the local church is not the most important thing in our lives right now. Will we ever go back to it? Yeah, we will. But this is not the season for it. Y'all can judge me all you want. I don't care. And whole life stewardship requires that we be faithful to what is most important for the season of life that we're in. Is serving in ministry a good thing? Absolutely. But whole life stewardship is going to require that you say no to a whole lot of good stuff so that you can say yes to some God stuff. Listen, this is not a one size fits all solution that I'm giving in terms of the examples with kids in ministry. Your work life balance issues may be different from mine. You may have kids, you may not. You might not even participate in ministry in any active way. Those examples may not apply directly to you. But what I want you to remember is this, your goal isn't to have things in perfect balance. Your goal is to be a faithful, diligent steward over what's most important in that season of your life, whole life stewardship. Well, Mo, I don't think I can achieve this. I just have too much to deal with. I'm too busy and I got too many things to do. Listen, y'all may have thought I was crazy when I dropped episode number 30, I guess four weeks ago now. Thanks, Rona. Three reasons why you need this crisis. But my first point in that episode, go back and listen to it. It's so relevant here. Rona is causing some whole life reflection. Because what are we all doing right now? We're paying attention to and giving our energy to what matters most right now. Rona is causing some whole life stewardship for some people. That's making sure that their teenage child who's struggling with anxiety is okay during this crisis. For some of us, that's restructuring our businesses so we can earn a living in this new normal. For others of us, that means taking care of our elderly parents. Does this mean that the rest of our lives don't matter? No, the other aspects of our lives are certainly still there. They just aren't the most important things right now. So right now we are being forced to give attention to the things that are the most important things right now. Are you in balance right now? Absolutely not. I don't know one person that's in balance. And if you say that right now you are in balance, that tells me that you are very imbalanced in your perspective of what's going on. You're not in balance, but what's happening right now during this coronavirus crisis is whole life stewardship. And what this coronavirus crisis is showing us is that we can do things differently. The question is, 
Will we go back to busyness as usual after this pandemic is over? Or will we allow this experience as painful as it is to permanently shape how we see, spend, and invest, how we manage or steward our time, our talents, and our gifts? So remember, work-life balance is the new Bigfoot, y'all. Don't fall for the okey-doke. Pursue whole life stewardship instead and make sure that in this right season, you are focusing on the most important things. This has been episode number 34 of the Graceful Hustle podcast, Why Work-Life Balance is a Lie, an L-I-E, a lie. I pray that you've been blessed by this. Share it with those in your network who you think can benefit from it. Hit me up on social media, DM me, email me, and give me your feedback and let me know what you think. As always, I am praying for you guys. Take especially good care of yourselves and those you love, and I'll still see you at the top.